A general disclaimer before we get into the story. Swansea Jack is remembered as a hero dog who's estimated to have saved nearly 30 people. Unfortunately, we don't know the names of any of his rescuees. So throughout this script, we'll be referring to them all with pseudonyms. 12-year-old Eugene's arms were getting tired, and that was what really scared him. The currents tugged at his body. He wouldn't be able to fight them much longer. Eugene knew that if he got swept out to sea, he was a goner for sure. Just as he was about to lose hope, Eugene felt something bulky and powerful brush against his back. Mustering what energy he could, the boy turned his head to see a dark body pass him in the water. Eugene racked his memory, wondering if he'd ever heard of sharks hunting near North Dock. Then, a snout pressed into his neck, and he felt a warm exhalation. It was a dog, and it was swimming comfortably, cutting through the current. Eugene had never seen this animal before, but he knew it was trying to help him. He held as still as he could while the canine bit his shirt collar. Then, Eugene wrapped his cramping arms around the dog's torso as it paddled back to shore. He took a deep breath, comforted in the fact that he wasn't going to drown after all. The dog, Swansea Jack, had saved his life. Welcome to Dog Tales, a podcast original. Every week, we tell the stories of historic, heroic canines. We'll profile dogs who saved people from earthquakes, went to outer space, and even spurred the invention of Velcro. If you're looking for fun stories and a warm heart, you're barking up the right tree. I'm your host, Alastair. You can find episodes of Dog Tales and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Dogtales for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Dogtales in the search bar. At Parcast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. This week, we're telling the story of Swansea Jack, who saved the lives of at least 27 people and two dogs in the Welsh port town of Swansea. Not only did this brave canine repeatedly pull drowning swimmers from the rivers and the bay, he overcame his intense fear of water to do it. We don't know much about the beginning of Swansea Jack's life, but he was born in 1930, and for about six months, he belonged to a man named Tolford Davies. Tolford told people that Jack was a Newfoundland, but he looked a lot more like a black retriever, a darker-colored, flat-coated cousin to the more well-known golden retriever. He was smaller and lighter than most Newfoundlands, but he was still a large dog with thick black fur and a ready dog smile. Given that black Labrador retrievers are originally from Newfoundland, Canada, Tolford might even have meant to say that Jack was from Newfoundland. Or maybe he just confused the breeds. Both are large, have similar coloring, and easygoing temperament. Their intelligence and desire to please makes each easy to train. 
In short, whatever kind of dog Jack was, he was sure to be a wonderful pet. Except Torford lived near a park with a peaceful lake, and Jack loved to chase the ducks that nested there. So much so that he was deemed more trouble than he was worth and found himself no longer welcome in Tolford's neighborhood. Luckily, Tolford knew a man named William Thomas, who was in his 50s and didn't live anywhere near a peaceful lake or docile ducks. His hometown of Swansea was a blue-collar port community near the River Towie's outlet in Swansea Bay. Most local families supported themselves loading and unloading goods at the dock. William was a haulier for a living, meaning he helped transport shipments from the ports to their final destinations. His friends and neighbors were gruff workers. Nobody would mind a rambunctious dog. So William gladly took Jack in and gave him a new home. They lived in a converted stable just off of an abandoned shipping canal called North Dock. Years ago, Swansea residents had constructed numerous man-made inlets, including North Dock, so ships could unload their wares right within the town's industrial neighborhood. But by the early 1900s, more channels were built, including Newcut, Prince of Wales Dock, King's Dock, and Queen's Dock. As the shipping jobs moved to the new facilities, work at North Dock dried up. By the time Jack arrived in 1930, Locals used the inlet as a place to swim and play. The area was surprisingly quiet, perfect for a peaceful stroll on warm summer days. So William habitually took Jack for walks along the banks. The only problem? Jack seemed terrified of the water. He refused to chase sticks if he had to leave dry land to get them. He shied away from quiet marshes. Each time he and William even got close to the shoreline, Jack would press his ears back and tuck his tail between his legs. He was clearly scared of the inlet. William wasn't sure where Jack's timidity came from. Maybe he'd had a bad experience during one of his duck chases in the past, but it wouldn't do for the dog to be afraid of the river that practically ran through his own backyard. William wanted Jack to have a happy life, and that meant he had to get comfortable with the docks that were the lifeblood of Swansea. He had to learn how to swim. William tried to ease Jack into it. He took Jack to swimming holes where the water was sluggish and shallow. He encouraged him to play with the kids in the water. He figured Jack would be bolder if he had other people in the river with him. William was only half right. Sure enough, when Jack saw the boys and girls splashing in the water, he'd dive in after them. But Jack wasn't playing. One by one, he'd grab the children's shirts, then drag them back to the safety of the shore. The kids must have found his antics obnoxious. They liked to race or see who could swim the farthest. But they could only get so far before gentle teeth would clasp their collars and drag them back out of the water. No one was breaking any records when Swansea Jack was around to save the day. No matter how anyone shouted or tried to kick away, Jack kept saving them against their will. But Jack was just too friendly and too eager to play on land for anyone to be annoyed for long. He was still scared of the water, 
but he was willing to go in to rescue people from its supposed dangers. Most dogs naturally feel protective of the people around them. They often see humans as members of their extended pack, so their safety is the dog's responsibility. Sometimes, of course, a dog's vigilance is misplaced, like when Jack tried to save children at the watering hole, or when your pet valiantly barks at the vacuum cleaner. In both cases, the frightened pup is just following its instincts to keep the family safe. And these instincts are particularly powerful when the person in danger is a child. According to dog trainer Veronica Sanchez, Newfoundlands in particular have been used as guard dogs for generations. Their drive to protect children is literally part of their DNA. So it was only natural that Jack leapt to rescue the kids he believed were in treacherous waters. William wasn't sure what to make of Jack's odd protective streak. He was encouraged that the dog was at least braving the river for his mock recoveries, so he kept coming back to the swimming hole, hoping that one of these days, Jack would dive after a child and realize he was actually having fun. But six months passed, and Jack never lost his fear. Even after his first birthday passed, he kept on saving the children. William never realized that Jack's play rescues were rehearsals for the real thing. Until one day, around May 1931, when they were on their usual walk along the waterfront, they left North Dock and were passing the banks of the River Towie. The summer sun was warm, and a gentle breeze stirred the plants that dipped into the River Towie's currents. The briny smell of salt gave the air an acidic tinge. Jack trotted along, ignoring the seagulls that soared overhead and the dragonflies that buzzed along the shore. Suddenly, Jack stopped walking. The canine's ears pricked forward. He heard something out on the water. William paused, uncertain why his dog had tensed up. He scanned the horizon and soon saw what had gotten Jack's attention. It was a 12-year-old neighborhood boy bobbing in the deep water, Eugene. It seemed he'd fallen in, or maybe he tried to go swimming but had gotten swept away in the current. Either way, Eugene was far from the shore. He barely splashed or called for help at all, suggesting that he may have been exhausted. William worried that Eugene didn't have the strength to breaststroke back to dry land. Worst of all, the banks were nearly empty. There was no one around to help, and William didn't know if he could reach the boy before it was too late, especially since he was fully dressed and couldn't reach Eugene in his coat and shoes. Luckily, William didn't need to start undressing. Jack raced to the edge of the river and dove in. The current here was swifter than he was used to, but Jack cut through the water with powerful strokes of his paws. William had never seen his dog paddle so quickly before, but he still worried Jack wouldn't be fast enough. Luckily, Jack was well-suited for the rescue. As veterinarian Dr. Karen Becker explains, almost all dogs, regardless of breed, instinctively know how to paddle when they hit the water. This is particularly true for Newfoundlands and Black Retrievers. Both have waterproof coats and webbed paws. Both breeds evolved to be strong swimmers. 
So even though Jack had never practiced in fast currents, he navigated the river with ease. In moments, he reached Eugene's side. Just as he'd done in the swimming holes, Jack bit the boy's shirt and tugged him back to shore. From where he stood, William could see the way Eugene went limp behind Jack. He was too tired to do anything. The heroic dog had made it just in time. By the time Jack and Eugene scrambled onto dry land again, William was at their side. He checked over the half-drowned boy, ensuring that he was okay. Once he was satisfied that Eugene would recover, William turned his attention to Jack. He was overcome with gratitude. This amazing pet had braved his greatest fear and saved a person's life. William couldn't even put into words how honored and happy he was at Jack's selflessness. So he settled on patting Jack on the head and uttering the dog's favorite phrase, good boy. That night, perhaps William gave Jack an extra large dinner or played for an hour longer than usual. He surely thought he had to do something. He probably figured the events of that day had been a one-off, a miraculous rescue that deserved a special prize. He never could have anticipated that within the year, Jack would rescue a swimmer again and again and again. He'd soon have a reputation as a hero. After this, Jack makes an even more daring rescue. Now back to the story. In 1930, Welsh dock worker William Thomas adopted a six-month-old Newfoundland or black retriever puppy, Jack. William tried to help Jack overcome his fear of water by teaching him how to swim, but he inadvertently trained Jack to save drowning people instead. And Jack put those lessons into use on a spring day in 1931, when he saved the life of a 12-year-old boy who'd fallen into the river. Although Jack's rescue filled William with pride, he didn't tell anyone what had happened. He was a private man, and he didn't feel right bragging about his dog's amazing bravery. As for the rescued boy, Eugene, he told anyone who would listen. For weeks, he shared the story with his parents, his friends, his teachers, even workers at the corner shops. But everyone shrugged his tail off. They figured he was just a kid with an overactive imagination. For a while, it seemed like no one would believe the story of Jack's heroism, other than Eugene and William. But the truth wouldn't stay in the shadows for long. Mere weeks after that first rescue, Jack and William were once again out walking on a warm June day. Then, they heard the call of destiny. We don't know who was the first to notice something wrong. Maybe Jack's ears pricked up at the cries for help. Or perhaps William saw the large crowds gathered at the riverbank pointing and shouting. It seemed that a man, Ronald, had gone swimming, but something had gone wrong. Maybe he'd overestimated his own aquatic abilities. He might have begun with a lazy dive in the slow river, only to get swept out into a dangerous, swirling current. Either way, he was far from land, with no rescue in sight. Unlike the last time, there were many people on the shore. They could all hear Ronald's cries for help, but nobody knew what to do. 
If anyone jumped in after him, they were liable to get sucked in by the currents and drown as well. But Jack didn't weigh his options. He leapt into action, diving into the water and paddling straight out to the drowning man. William watched his dog go, his heart racing. He'd seen Jack save a boy once before, but that had been a short distance from the shore in relatively still waters. William didn't know if Jack was a strong enough swimmer or familiar enough with navigating treacherous currents to make it to Ronald. William stood at the banks, terrified that he was about to watch his dog drown. He tracked each zig and zag, each dip and crest. His breath caught in his throat every time it looked like Jack might get pulled off course. He watched as the shaggy black head bobbed further and further out, drawing ever nearer to the drowning man. For a moment, the canine disappeared beneath the waves. William felt his eyes well up. Jack had been pulled under. But then, Ronald jerked oddly, like he was being tugged from behind. A moment later, shaggy ears and a long snout breached the water. It was Jack, with Ronald's shirt clenched in his jaw. William whooped with excitement. The other people cheered while Jack swam back to shore, tugging Ronald along. Soon enough, man and dog scrambled back up the river's banks. A crowd descended on them, ensuring that Ronald was alive and well, if a little sodden and shaken up. William wrapped Jack in a big hug. He once again assured the dog that he was a very, very good boy. Others gathered around. They all wanted to pet the hero dog. And of course, the crowd wanted to hear all about him and what had led him to save a man's life. As people shouted questions, William found himself explaining everything. How he'd adopted Jack, how he'd taught him to swim, and most importantly, how this wasn't the first time Jack had saved someone. The tale only made the locals even more excited. Jack was more than a hero. He was a guardian angel, watching over the town. In the following years, Jack only continued to solidify that reputation. He had an incredible knack for being at the right place at the right time. Whenever people would slip and fall into the river, or a swimmer would get dragged out by the current, Jack seemed to be walking or playing nearby. And he always rose to the occasion, diving into the water and rescuing the drowning person. It probably didn't hurt that he lived so close to the water's edge, or that William liked to let Jack walk without a leash. That meant Jack was almost always close enough to hear worrisome splashes or cries for help. According to Swansea Records, as of 1935, Jack had rescued at least 10 people from the waters of the River Towie and its numerous man-made channels. But the totals may have been even higher. After all, William didn't like to brag about his furry friend. Jack was so prolific, he actually became a source of controversy. Some Swansea residents thought it was too convenient that he was always around when a person was drowning. They even accused William of staging the rescues. But William's close friends never believed those rumors. For one thing, he was incredibly humble about Jack's heroism. 
He didn't tip off the papers when a person got saved. It was other people, witnesses and rescuees, who spread the news. As for the unusually high number of people who needed help, that was to be expected in a shipping hub like Swansea. Most of the local men worked on the docks, one misstep away from plummeting into the chilly waters below. Slips and falls were common, as were the tragedies that struck when Jack wasn't around. This didn't silence the critics, though. They weren't even satisfied after Jack engaged in one of his most inexplicable rescues. As usual, it began when Jack and William were on a walk. They'd crossed North Dock and a landmass called the Island. Now they strolled past a canal called New Cut at high tide. The air was still. Even the local birds had quieted. William could only hear his own footsteps and the clicking of Jack's claws against the sidewalk. Until the clicking stopped. William paused and looked behind him. Jack stood tense on the alert. By this time, William was used to Jack's bouts of heroism, but he was still confused. He didn't see anyone in the water. He couldn't even make out any bubbles or waves where someone might have gone under. Jack was acting like he was about to rescue a swimmer, but nobody seemed to be in trouble. William tried to call Jack to his side, but the dog didn't obey. Instead, he raced down to the water. But he didn't paddle across the surface. Instead, he plunged deep, so deep, William couldn't see where he'd gone. After several tense moments, Jack re-emerged with something in his mouth. But it didn't look like a person's shirt. William ran to the river's edge to pat Jack's head and investigate. Only when he wiped away the heavily matted mud did William see that Jack had pulled a shivering, waterlogged but still breathing cocker spaniel out of the water. Presumably, it had gotten mired in the mud at low tide and then had been submerged when the current came in. William couldn't even imagine how Jack could have known that the spaniel was at the bottom of the river. But once more, he was grateful for his dog's quick thinking and action. And the rescues just kept piling up. By 1937, Jack had saved an estimated 27 people and two dogs from the waters of River Towie and the docks of Swansea. He was such a beloved local hero, the people in his community had taken to calling him Swansea Jack. His picture was in the papers. The town council presented him with an honorary silver collar. Perhaps most impressively, Swansea Jack won the bronze medal from the Canine Defense League, an honor granted to heroic dogs who help save human lives. And he won it twice. Swansea Jack is the only double honoree in the entire history of the award. Every day, he made the people around him feel safe. But unfortunately, the community wasn't able to protect him from danger, and tragedy was looming on the horizon. In 1937, Jack was going to face his biggest challenge yet, and nobody would be able to save him.
Up next, Jack develops a mysterious illness. Now back to the story. In the 1930s, a big black dog named Swansea Jack became famous throughout Wales. He saved an estimated 27 people and two dogs from the treacherous waters of River Towie and the man-made inlets branching off it. According to rumours, he once even pulled a sack full of puppies from the treacherous river. Jack was a beloved local celebrity. His fame meant that his owner William's life improved too. He enjoyed the reputation boost that came from being associated with a beloved, trusted pet. This probably helped him make important business contacts. He moved away from the rough neighborhood near North Dock and into the much fancier Victoria Hotel. But while man and dog lived away from the water, they still took plenty of walks, and Jack saved plenty more people. Since Jack was only seven years old, William believed that he had many more years of daring rescues and honors ahead of him, which was why he was so baffled one day in 1937 when Jack refused to get out of bed, even to go on a walk or play. Jack seemed tired all the time. He wouldn't eat. William made an appointment with the local vet, and the examination brought bad news. Jack had eaten rat poison, and it was already making his organs shut down. Sadly, it's quite common for pets to accidentally ingest pest poisons. They might get into a small box that was left out for vermin, or catch and eat a rodent right after it devoured the toxins. According to the Pet Poison Helpline, dozens of dogs consume poison every day. Luckily, today vets have numerous treatments that can save a dog's life. But in 1937, all William could do was watch as Jack deteriorated. It was too late to help him. William could only do his best to make Jack comfortable before the end. After several long, painful days, Swansea Jack closed his eyes a final time on October 2nd, 1937. The hero dog was gone forever. It was a tragedy, not only for William, but for all the people of Swansea. They'd all grown to love and rely on the hero dog. Nobody wanted to accept that he could just die especially in such a preventable way. And they wanted someone to blame. Whoever had left the deadly toxins out where the dog could find it would have to pay. The Canine Defense League offered a £25 reward for any information about how Jack might have been exposed to the poison. That's the equivalent of roughly $2,000 today. But nobody came forward to claim it. As is often the case when a beloved celebrity dies, there were some conspiracy theories that Jack had been poisoned on purpose. It was easier to believe that some criminal mastermind had murdered Jack than that it had all been a horrible accident. Perhaps the killer was convinced the rescues were fake, or they didn't like the wells of attention given to a dog. Some of these conspiracy theories still circulate online today, but it was most likely a simple, tragic accident just like falling into a river. With no hard evidence, the city had no one to blame, so they focused on mourning instead. William buried Jack in the garden outside his house. Perhaps 
he hoped that the dog's spirit would linger in the neighborhood, keeping watch over dock workers and swimmers on their way to the water. But the people of Swansea wouldn't stand for that. A newspaper campaign called for a more public grave so locals could visit him and pay their respects whenever they wanted. Thanks to an upwelling of local support, on October 21st, Jack was reburied on Swansea Promenade. But even that honour wasn't enough. The mayor of Swansea had a public memorial commissioned. It was erected over Jack's grave and dedicated nearly one year after his death on Saturday, October 1st, 1938. The memorial was the first of many changes in Swansea. In the late 20th century, North Dock was paved over in favour of a shopping facility. The people of Swansea don't need Jack to save them from drowning anymore. But they didn't forget about the brave dog that once walked and swam among them. In fact, they continued to find new ways to honour and celebrate him. A local pub was dubbed Swansea Jacks in remembrance of the brave canine. Welsh storyteller Carl Goff gave regular oral retellings of Jack's story in order to preserve the traditions around the dog. And their local soccer team's fans were dubbed the Swansea Jacks. Although the league has never confirmed where the term comes from, it's widely accepted they're named after the heroic canine. In addition, other dogs have followed in Jack's footsteps. The first formally trained search and rescue dogs appeared in World War II, where brave canines helped search for survivors after battles. Today, aquatic breeds, especially Newfoundlands and Retrievers, undergo rigorous training to learn how to pull drowning swimmers out of treacherous waters. And they learn much in the same way that Jack did. Water rescue dogs begin by familiarizing themselves with docks, boats, piers, and other areas near water. Then, they learn to swim and rescue people in calm, easy pools. And eventually, they graduate to more challenging situations. Trainer Ellie Bedford has noted that Newfoundlands in particular are suited to rescue because of their large frames and great strength. She observed, No human can do what these dogs can do. I'm a lifeguard myself, and I would struggle to tow two people, whereas these guys can pull in 10 people at ease. Given how valuable water rescue dogs can be, modern groups in the UK, like the newfound friends of Bristol, train them to be just as brave and heroic as Jack. Speaking of the newfound friends of Bristol, in 2000, they dubbed Swansea Jack the dog of the century. And in 2008, Welsh artist Richard Higlett composed A Song for Jack, a musical piece performed by a choir of baying and howling dogs. The Canine Chorale debuted in Swansea that year. Swansea Jack lives on as a local legend. If you visit Swansea today, you can take a selfie by his memorial, join other Jacks rooting for the local soccer team, and then check out any number of art exhibits honoring the canine. And it's no wonder he's so widely honored. It's likely that many modern-day Swansea residents are descended from one of the 27 people Jack pulled from the water in the 1930s. In essence, much of the town still has Jack to thank for their lives.
thanks for listening to Dog Tales. For more information about Swansea Jack, we found the work compiled by Welsh local Carl Goff especially helpful to our research. Every dog has his day, and our day is Mondays. We'll be back then with a new episode. You can find more episodes of Dog Tales and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite podcast originals like Dog Tales for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Dog Tales on Spotify, just open the app and type Dog Tales in the search bar. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. Join us next time for another good story about a good dog. Dog Tales was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Michael Langsner, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Aaron Larson, and Joel Stein. This episode of Dog Tales was written by Angela Jorgensen with writing assistance by Maggie Admire. I'm Alastair Murden. <laughs>